chapter number 14 and verse number 53. If you're there, say amen. Uh, the Bible says this. And they led Jesus away to the high priest. And with him were assembled all the chief priests and the elders and the scribes. And Peter followed him from afar off, even into the palace of the high priest. He sat with the servants and warmed himself at the fire. Tonight I want to continue on the same thought we began this morning. I really didn't preach anything that I had now. Uh, but, I, but I want to continue this thought uh, that God's given me in these last days. And the thought is simply this, cold Christianity. Uh, cold Christianity. Would you pray, please pray with me and pray for me tonight. Father, we love you. Lord, we thank you for the honor and the privilege it is, Lord, to stand uh, before your people one more time. I pray, God, tonight, Lord, that you'd enable me. I pray, God, that you'd give me power and unction. God, I am under a burden tonight. Uh, Lord, I pray, God, that the burden that's in my heart, Lord, would uh, Lord, be placed on those who are in the pew tonight. God, we're running out of time. We don't have time to be cold. We don't have time, Lord, to be indifferent and stagnant. And, uh, Lord, we, we don't have time. We're running out of time. So, Lord, please, I pray through the preaching of thy word, God, that you'd exhort us and encourage us, convict us. And, Lord, at the end of the day, that you'd change us, that the word of God and the power of the preaching of the word of God would change men and women's hearts not for a day or two or not for a month or two or a year or two but God they turn towards you and serve you for the rest of their days here in this place in this thing we call life I pray God for that special touch that only you can give Lord please help me tonight both physically and spiritually and for what you do in us through us and for us we'll thank you and praise you we ask and Pray in Jesus' name and for His sake. And all God's people said, Amen and uh, Amen. You may be seated again. Uh, I want to remind you, and some of y'all was not here this morning. It is right here by way of introduction in Mark's Gospel uh, where we find ourselves uh, uh, reading where the Lord Jesus has just been led into the high priest uh, where he would be falsely and wrongly accused for crimes uh, and sins he'd never committed. Uh, you know what they did? Jesus, every time that Jesus would perform a miracle, uh, they'd give the power to Belial or they'd give the power to a devil. Uh, my friend, they'd blaspheme him. Uh, my friend, he came, the Bible said, uh, to offer salvation to the Jew first and then to the Gentile. Uh, but my friend, uh, despite the signs and the wonders uh, and all the miracles that Jesus did, uh, not only to prove that He was the Son of God, but to persuade the people uh, to trust in Him as the Son of God despite the many things uh, that He done throughout His earthly ministry, we find ultimately uh, they carry Him away 
way uh, with the cross over his back to a hill called Calvary. Uh, somebody's going to help me right here where he would die for the sin of the whole world. I want to say this. We just come out of Valentine's, uh, Valentine's Day. Uh, there's no greater love than the love of Jesus. Uh, uh, the Bible said what? A uh, uh, greater love than this. Uh, that a man laid down his life for his friends. Uh, and ye are my friends. Uh, I said it this morning. Isn't it amazing that among the twelve disciples right before uh, they've led Jesus away uh, uh, sets two men who would ultimately betray him. One would sell him out and the other one would go cold. Uh, around that table those twelve disciples uh, was the one by the name of Judas. And the Bible said that Judas uh, uh, before he even sold him out uh, in his heart had already made a deal with the devil uh, that he would deliver uh, the scribes and the Pharisees and the, uh, those who would cry crucify. He would sell out the Lord for a, a mere nothing, 30 pieces of silver and uh, my friend uh, and betray the Son of God. Well, we believe this. We believe that Jesus is not only everywhere. Uh, God's not only everywhere at the same time. Uh, uh, but we believe He's all-knowing. Uh, there's nothing. Listen to me tonight. There's absolutely nothing that slips by Him. Are you listening? Uh, my friend, He sat there as a betrayer on the inside. And Jesus said, i got to tell you, fellow son. He said, there's one of you sitting here tonight that will, without a doubt, betray me. And of course, the disciples, like most uh, would do today, begin to, like, to examine and rule themselves out. Uh, well, I can tell you boys one thing. Yeah, whoever it is, it ain't me. Uh, the Bible lets us know they all begin to reason who would be the greatest and who would be the least in the kingdom of God. And uh, while all that's going on, uh, John the Beloved's leaning on the bosom, the breast of Christ. Uh, and they're all asking, Lord, uh, is it I? Is it I? Is it me? Am I the betrayer? But old John steps up to the scene and he's don't ask, is it I? But rather he says, who is it? Uh, thank God. Uh, who is it, Lord? Uh, and among those men, there was also the disciple we're dealing with tonight uh, by the name of Peter. And he said, Lord, I just want to tell you something. I don't know who it is, uh, but I can promise you one thing. Uh, I'll never leave you I'll never forsake you just like you'll never leave or forsake me. And the Bible said Jesus looked across that table and he looked at Peter and he said, Son, before the cock can crow in the morning, you'll not only deny me, but you'll deny me three times. Boy, that was a hard pill for old Peter to swallow. But my friend, the Lord knew exactly what he was talking about. You better hear me tonight. I don't care how close you think you may be. I don't care how faithful you think you may be. Uh, my friend, we're living by faith. Uh, uh, Peter knew the Lord by sight. He's seen him raise up Lazarus from the dead. He's seen him touch blinded eyes and make them see. He's seen him walk up to the lame man of 38 years uh, and say, rise, take up thy bed and walk. Uh, and yet he fell in the snares and in the trap. Uh, of the devil and denied his lovely Savior.
three times. Now what was the answer? Why would Peter reach such a place after living and experiencing the great things that he had? He's seen everything with his own eyes. Well, it's, it's, it's simple to me tonight. I think I can show it to you. It's because Peter was a Christian, but he was a cold Christian. How many of y'all just going to go ahead and get this amen out of the way and agree with me that you're not always where you ought to be with God? I mean, this crowd that acts like they all the time. Listen, you, you, you say, I pray every day. You want to know why you have to pray every day? Because you're wicked. Because you pray every day don't make you spiritual. It keeps you from becoming absolutely nuts. Are you with me? If you're not praying and you're not reading your Bible and you're not walking with God, listen, you're on the borderline of destruction. And if you are praying and you are reading your Bible and you are faithful to church, and listen to me, you don't get an A plus tonight. That's the only thing keeping you in the will of God. But my friend, that's the only strength you've got tonight is the strength through the, uh, the preaching of the Word of God in prayer. Uh, my friend, the Bible said your faith uh, cometh by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Amen. You need preaching. Yes, If the only meal you get is preaching on Sunday morning, what's your condition? What, how, is your, how is your bill of health? In the spiritual realm. Let me tell you something. You only eat one meal a week. You ain't going to live real long. You're going to die. When you die. What's the first thing that leaves. A, a, when, when somebody leaves this old world. What's the first thing to go in their body. The heat. Somebody closes their eyes in death. It don't take just a second. I've been around a bunch. You'll be holding their hand. When they cross over, first thing to go is the temperature. You know what happens to Christians? When they die, you can die on the vine. You can still be saved and dry up and die. You're cold. Is anybody going to help me? I felt it as soon as we walked in. Boy, we had time this morning. So as we walked in tonight, I felt from the first congregational, there's opposition, and, and a good, good, probably a good chance. The reason a lot of that's here is because God wanted to do something this morning. And uh, we walked out of here the same, some of us walked out the same way we came. Others are still in denial that anything's even wrong. I mean, my God, He was there. He was here this morning. Uh, my friend, the Bible says uh, uh, that you ought to call on Him while He's near. Uh, listen, listen, listen to me tonight. You're playing dangerous games with God if you're not where you ought to be and I know I know good and well some of y'all ain't where you ought to be by the, by the life that you're living and the problems you're facing and the situations you're in I'm not saying every storm is a product of sin but a good portion of them are yes sir hey you want to know why Jonah had to go throw over the ship and get eaten by a whale because he sinned now they're not all from sin, but a good part of them are self-inflicted. Yeah. If you ain't going to deal with you, my, 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 you're, listen, you're running out of time. I wonder, I wonder how quick this altar would fill up. If you knew without a shadow of a doubt that he was coming. Come on. 
tonight or tomorrow or just a week from now, a month from now. What about this, a year from now? I wonder how different you would live your life if God literally came and spoke with a physical audible voice. He's already spoke and said he's coming. It's in his word. But we read that and don't believe it. That's why nothing changes. And when nothing changes, it becomes stagnant. When things get stagnant, they dry up and die. When you die, you get cold. Cold! Cold Christians. What would Peter do? The Bible says right here in our text, what we just read, verse number 54. Read it with me again. Mark chapter 14. Look at verse number 54. The Bible said, And Peter followed him, talking of Jesus afar off, even into the palace of the high priest. And he sat with the servants and warmed himself at the fire. Peter was cold on God. My friend, I know it's a physical coldness here, but practically spiritual. If you look at this, Peter's cold on God. For he'll deny him three times. He's following him, sure. But the Bible said he's following from afar. May I say, my friend, it's right here we find where the Bible points you to a cold Christian. May I say, all the while Peter's there, he's talking himself into a good relationship. He's talking himself into things are alright between me and God because uh, I'm still following I don't know where all them other disciples are I'm still following yes there's some distance between me and the Lord but I'm still following Jesus what I mean Christians are living like that tonight I, I mean I'm, I'm, I'm doing alright I'm not as close as I was but I mean I'm still serving the Lord how in the world have we ever got content with half-hearted Christianity. Let me ask something. What did God give for you and I? He gave everything. He gave His whole life. You know what He expects you to do in return? Give up yours. That's the problem. We're living in the selfie generation. I'm really about to bust a bubble or two right here. You want to know why you take so many selfies? Because you love you. Amen. You didn't love you, you wouldn't want pictures of you. That's right. That mentality has overtaken everybody. You with me? Duck, the, 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 the most famous duck face. Because you love you. Are you with me? Come on. Half, half y'all took 45 pictures just today of yourself. You love you. We're living in a selfie generation. You don't know why people don't get things right with God? Because they love them, their lifestyle, their sin, their choices, lots more than they love God. Oh, yeah. Listen, I, I told you this morning I was baffled. I, 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 and I, look, I'm still young. I'm a young pastor. I said, I, I'm baffled. I don't understand. I mean, my God, a service like this, how could anybody want to save their lost? Don't matter to me. How could you go out in the same condition? I mean, God was near and nigh. I'm going to tell you how it's real simple. Brother Dax told me, there's a simple biblical answer because men are lovers of themselves more than they're lovers of God and they love the dark. Darkness more than the light. I 
that's a hard pill to swallow, but that's good preaching. Are you with me? That's exactly, that's exactly, that's exactly right. Hey, 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 you might as well quit acting like everything's fine and well yours called as a cucumber. And the reason being is you love you more than you love God. You love darkness. Your flesh craves darkness. Oh, yes. Yes. You tell you something. If you quit living the Christian life, quit reading, quit playing, quit coming to church, come talk to me. Tell me how spiritual your life is in a year from now. Yeah. It wouldn't even take a year, but let's say a year from now. You'll be doing things you never thought you would ever do. That's right. Come on. I'm looking at people you know good and well. You were saved. Sealed, secured in the scriptures, was settled, planted on the solid rock. Your goings were established. I mean, and then you got out of the will of God. You got cold on God. You quit coming to church and reading your Bible. And next thing you know, you're acting like a heathen. That's never, not one time, ever read a verse in that Bible. You're acting like the heathen who never one time felt the presence of God. And you've been in the slight middle of the Shekinah glory. I'm going to tell you how. When you give leadway and open the door for your rotten flesh and have its will and way, not only will you dry up and die, you'll get called on God and conform to the darkness of this world. Why does the word of God by Jesus say, come out from among them and be separate? Why did he say this? Uh, he said this. Uh, how about the renewing of your mind? I went blank. What did he say? Uh, he said, uh, by the renewing of your mind to prove, amen, be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. Let this mind be in you, which is also in Christ Jesus. I wonder how many cold Christians are cold tonight, right here in this room, and it's a mental problem. Your mind is wicked. Somebody ought to help me tonight. I know it's Sunday night. This is the cream of the crop. These are the people that's got it all together, right? Absolutely not. But we're still wrapped in flesh. We still got problems with sin. There's men in here tonight. But you might as well as be honest. Your mind is perverted. But your mind is corrupted. You can't even look at a woman walking by without your mind going crazy. Why? Does that make you a monster? No. Every man in the building would be the same way if our flesh was in control. If I didn't have the Spirit of God, I'd be the biggest pervert ever walked on planet Earth. If I didn't know and fear God and have the Holy Ghost, I'd be as worse as, as anybody else. But my friend, when you push all that back and you walk in the flesh, you have no choice but to live and reap and sow and gain and live in the flesh. You feed your flesh, it'll grow. You starve your flesh, it'll die. Come on, somebody. Want to know why there's cold Christians? Because they're feeding the flesh. While the flesh is gaining strength and progressing and getting stronger, the spirit man, the Holy Ghost is quenched and grieved, and the spiritual side of you is dying a quick and a dreadful death. That's why you're cold. You might as well help me tonight. But Josh, I don't know. I can't tell you the times. I don't know what's wrong with me. 
Them songs that used to move me, they don't do nothing for me no more. I used to love hearing preaching now. I just I want to play on my phone or draw pictures or pass notes or look up and count the cobwebs in the rafters. I mean, I, I, it's like I can't, I can't get in it. Uh, Brother Josh, I, I open my Bible, but it's just words on a page. and I, There's no fellowship. God's not speaking to me. And Brother Josh, I pray, but it's like my prayers can't get out of the ceiling. I mean, there's, there, it's been a long time since I got back. Like my cup's running over feeling and I just don't know what's wrong. Listen, I can tell you what's wrong. You're cold. You're cold. That's the answer. Now why you're cold, that's a point you and God don't know, but you're cold. You know what the Bible said, don't you? Bible said this. Here's, here's some good news. He said, I'd rather you be hot or cold as lukewarm. Here's, here's how you get cold. You, first, you get lukewarm. That's when you don't feel nothing. At least when you're cold, when the heat gets to blowing, so to speak, it makes a difference. You can feel it. You get uncomfortable. When you're lukewarm, you're convinced everything's okay. You're not right with God. You're not way left field, but you're not where you ought to be, and you're just numb. You know what? If we got a, if we got a, if we got three black, three big old gallon uh, containers, one was boiling hot water, one was room temperature bath water, and one was freezing cold twenty two degree ice water, and you come by and you stuck your hand in that boiling hot water, first thing you're gonna do there's a reaction. It burns. It hurts. Does it makes you move? You come over this cold twenty two degree water. You put your hand there. First thing you do is jerk it out. Man, that might bitter cold. That made my bones hurt. Man, I can't take that. But you stick your hand in that lukewarm water and keep it there for three days. It ain't gonna bother you because there's no, there's no reaction. Listen, I'm trying to tell you tonight, if you're not careful, you'll stay stagnant so long. But my friend, you'll get around the fire from being cold and you'll get lukewarm and you'll, and you'll find yourself nothing moves you. I don't care how many verses they sing in an invitation. You won't move. It won't matter how good the preacher preaches or how bad. It won't make no difference to you. You don't know what he said anyhow. There's absolutely nothing going on on the inside of you when you're cold. Lukewarm, dying a quick death on God. I got to get my points. I, ain't, I still ain't got the none of them. Peter, he's a cold Christian. Now I'll say this. You want to know why our sanctuaries are silent in 2022? Cold Christianity. You want to know why our pulpits are powerless? Cold Christianity. You want to know why altars are become abstained from? These churches now, they don't even put altars in. I understand we just got one little step, but that's what that's for. Yes. You with me? That's what this is for. I mean, anybody can step down from here and just put a little step in. That's what they're doing now. Which I, that's a pet peeve. I ain't got a Bible for this, but just pet peeve. They make it all flat all the way across and put one little stair section on one side. I don't like that. And here's why. And if you do do that, you need to get some old timey prayer benches all the way across the front. Right so you can come up here and bow on something. That's why this sets here. I made them build this thing wider. So I won't be able to cross their arms and lay their head down and do business with God. That's what this is for. There's been many tears prayed on these. As long as I'm pastoring here, I hope it never dries up. When them altars dry up, we're in trouble. We're in trouble. 
when they get cold and become unused, we're in trouble. Can I say our singing has become sensual and a show because of cold Christianity. We figured out if God's touch ain't on it and we're not going to pay the price to have the touch of God, then we've got to do something different to make it interesting and to make it move people. And instead of letting the Spirit of God move through the singing, they've eliminated the Spirit of God altogether and they play and work and talk and act on our own the emotions of men have to get men to move by their emotions listen I want to say this loud and proud tonight there's absolutely no replacement for the Holy Ghost there's no replacement first thing I want you to see tonight and I've already mentioned it but I do want you to see his condition there in verse number 54 he's warming himself by the fire he's cold he's a cold Christian let me ask something tonight. And, and, and be honest with yourself. Be honest with yourself. That's the first key to all this. When is the last time that you walked through a 24-hour time period, a day through the week, and you walked through, and God spoke to you, convicted you, that you had spent time with Him like you always were faithful to do? You know what the key is? Most people can go days, weeks, months. Used to, when you first got saved, if you missed a day, it bothered you. Yeah. It bothered you. If you didn't pray or read your Bible, it tore you up. Just one day, something happened, you got busy, you got stuck on in traffic, it, it would upset you. Then it turned to a couple days a week, and it bothered you a little. Then it turned to you go a week or two, didn't even really bother you. Yeah. Then the next thing you know, there's absolutely no relationship. And you coast through life, come in, sing amazing grace, it is well my soul, like you're living at the foot of the cross. Dangerous. Yes, sir. You don't know why you're deceived. Yes, you're a Christian. You're saved. But we talked about that this morning. You could be saved, miss the fires of hell, but your life's not going to miss the fire. It's going to burn up. Your works will burn, whether they be gold, silver, precious stone, wood, hay, or stubble. And cold Christianity, my friend, is the very thing that will wake, uh, that will that will uh, awaken you at the judgment seat of Christ when you realize you was not the Christian you thought you were. Cold Christian, his condition. Secondly, I move along so I can get what I need to say out. I want you to notice, as a cold Christian, I want you to notice his company. Look at verse fifty-five. Verse number 55. The Bible said the chief priest and all the council sought for witness against Jesus to put him to death and found none. For many bear false witness against him, but their witness agreed not together. There arose certain and bear false witness against him, saying, We heard him say, I will destroy this temple that is made with hands. Within uh, three days I will build another made without hands. But neither so did their witness agree together. And the high priest stood up in the midst and asked Jesus, saying, Answerest thou nothing? Uh, what is it which these witness, uh, witness against thee? Verse 61, But he held his peace and answered nothing. Again the high priest answered him and said unto him, Art thou the Christ, the Son of the Blessed? 
blessed. And Jesus said, I am. And ye shall see the Son of Man sitting on the right hand of power and coming in the clouds of heaven. Somebody say amen. Verse 63, Then the high priest rent his clothes and saith, We need any further witnesses. Verse 64, Ye have heard the blasphemy. Uh, what think ye? And they all condemned him to be guilty of death. And some began to spit on him and to cover his face and to buffet him and to say unto him, Prophesy. And the servants did strike him with the palms of their hands. Now, where is Peter sitting in verse number 54? He's at a fire and he sat with the servants. Verse 66 or verse 65, those same servants are punching the Savior of the world. Are you with me? Let me tell you what, what happens when you get called on God. Your company will change. Peter has been in fellowship with, with James and John and all the other disciples, Andrew, Thomas, those doubting Thomas. His company. Stay with me. I know this morning was real high, but I got a headache, so you won't have to help me. When you get cold on God, you ain't got a choice. Your company's going to change. You ain't going to hang out somebody that's walking with God being cold. Amen. Ain't going to work. You want to know the quickest way a pastor notices when people are declining spiritually? To change their company. Amen. I ain't saying you got to stay here half the night and prove you're right with God. But you ought to have a love for people of God. Amen. I ain't saying you all are going to like them. You better have a love for them. Amen. When you start trying to race in and race out, and it's a consistent thing, it's not just something came up and you had to go. It becomes a consistent thing. You know what that tells me? There's something there that they don't want to be in the company of God's people. Yeah. You're going to do your moral duty, try to convince everybody that you're doing okay, but you're not. First thing that, that goes when Peter gets cold on God, first thing to change is his company. Let yeah. me ask something tonight. Why is it that some of y'all spend more time fellowshipping, talking, getting advice from, sharing burdens with people that are carnal? Maybe they're saved, but they're not right with God. And, and there's a handful of you spend a lot of time with people that don't even know the Lord. You saying we can't be friends? No, it's not. Listen to me. It's not what I'm saying. I'm not saying we gotta. We gotta. We're a cult. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying your company tells a whole lot about who you are. If you can go down on Saturday night at Applebee's and sit around the bar with the guys and watch the UFC fight or the game, and it don't bother you, and that none of that none of that mess, the cussing, the feuding, the fighting, and the harlots, and the adultery, and the drinking, and are you with me? And that stuff don't bother you. Something's wrong. Something's wrong with you. But you come in church and we get to having a good time, shouting over the goodness of God. By the way, if you all think it's a it's a golf club committee in heaven, and everybody's just sitting around patting their hands. Same thing to Jesus. That place 
Our ears, I, I think the volume right now is probably so loud that our physical ears could not take it. Amen. You don't think you're going to get carried away when the Lamb of God, it, your faith becomes sight and you realize if we got what we deserve, we'd be in hell. My friend, right now, according to the book of Revelation, how they're going to gather around that throne and cry, Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, worthy, worthy, worthy is the Lamb. When church gets up and we get carried away, I'm not talking about foolishness, I'm talking about we get in the spirit of God and He's moving in our hearts and we're praising him and that bothers you but that half naked crowd that's drunk and that's nuts and that don't have nothing in the world going for can get carried away over two men wallowing all over each other in a wrestling ring something's wrong with you Christian people ought not get uncomfortable around the company of God's people and I'm going to take a different little approach here. Tell you what makes me real nervous. It's not when the company shifts what I can see in the physical world, but when the Lord shows up and begins to work and you start getting squirmish. Right. That worries me. Something ain't right with that. Now I say tonight, if you become cold on God, your company's going to change. You're going to desire the things of the world, the people of the world, the, the, the places, the entertainment, whatever it is. You're going to desire those things more than you desire God. Peter followed. See, how many people you know right now, oh, I'm a Christian. You ain't never seen them be a Christian. Oh, I got the Lord on my side. Well, I hope you do. Your life is going to speak a lot more volume than your lips are. Isn't it amazing? Every door you knock on, Whitley County, Laurel County, Knox County, every one of them. I'm telling you, this place is the most saved bunch of people I have met in my life. Yeah. They're all saved. Been saved. They're 40 years old. They've been saved 55. Yeah. I mean, I'm telling you, they're just like triple saved. Hello, my name's Josh Griffith. I've knocked every door on this, on this road. Every one of them. My name's Josh Griffin, that pastor still work back to church. I just out find people church. I got a church. Well, I'm so glad you're happy about that, sir. Um, <laughs> praise the Lord. Amen. Well, I hope I hope you're a blessing to your pastor. I mean, I'm see you later. Or I'm just out knocking doors and find people church. Oh, I'm, I'm saved. I'm saved. Well, amen. That's a blessing. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I'm saved. Been saved many, many years. Well, that's a blessing. So I'm assuming you're saved, been saved many years. You, you've got a place to call home. Where do you where do you attend faithfully? Where's your church? Uh -huh. oh, I, don't, I don't go to church. Uh -huh. I ain't been to church in a while. You know, you know how church is these days. Right. Uh -huh. I, I, I just got tired of the hypocrites and all all the all the skeptics and the critics and just you know I, I can't I can't deal with that no more. I just I just man I, I, I watch W what's that what's that WJ WLJTZ. Right. Oh, oh, yeah. I get on there on Sunday mornings watching him. There's some good people down there. You all know Brother Herschel, don't you? I know Brother Herschel. He's on there now and then. I love the group. same group. I just mean the Lord. We just... You know what they've done? Convince themselves yeah. that they're doing right. Yeah. Yeah. Listen, I'm going to say something now. I can't get in high gear. I'm seriously got a horrible headache right now. So please pray for me. I had four church and just come back and it's right here. 
And you go wash your clothes or something, you'd be on the job next day, you know. But you know what? What's going on? Soak me. I thought she'd put in one of them cleaner things. Praise you, Simon. It's a redneck way. You want one of them? Put your rag down in the, in the, in the pipe. You'll get you one. Every time what's going Yeah. Are you listening? What's I talking about? Toilet paper. You with me? How, how we ever got this place? We blame it on politics and something and the other. And there's, a, there's a hand in it, I'm sure. But really, you know where the, the, the issue lies tonight? The churches. The churches have lost their influence. Men of God used to, when they mentioned bringing alcohol to town, would go down and stand on the steps of the courthouse and say, I want to, I want to stand up and say something to the council, to the city, city man. As long as I'm pastoring in this town, we ain't getting no alcohol here. Where'd them men go? Where'd that go? They had a, I did go to this a couple years back. I've got some pictures. They had a, uh, uh, I forget what they called it. It was a gay pride thing in Williamsburg, Little Williamsburg. A rally. They had a rally. I loaded up, so I had to look down there. I said, I don't know what's going to happen. But I'm going to let them know I think it's wrong. I wasn't mean or bully. I'm going to let them know it's not okay. I didn't confront nobody, didn't get in an argument. I was just there just to say, hey, I ain't, I ain't supporting this. You won't stand for something, you fall for anything. Cold Christianity. How have we ever reached the place that that's where we are? I'm going to tell you how the church has grown cold. Preachers have grown cold. Our, our deacons and laymen and ever I mean, you name it, the body has grown cold. When you get cold on Christ, your company will change. Thirdly, I want you to see what happens when you get cold on God. Look, not only do we see His condition, His company, then we see His cowardness. You know what you become when you get cold on God? You become a coward. Look with me in verse number 55. Chief priests and all the council sought for witness against Jesus, put Him to death, found none. Many bear false witness against him. Their witness agreed not together. There arose certain false witnesses against him, saying, We heard him say, I'll destroy this temple made with hands within three days and build another made without hands. So, uh, but neither so did their witness agree together. And the high priest stood up in the midst. Yeah. Now think about this. And asked Jesus, saying, Answerest thou nothing? What is it which these witnesses witness against thee? Let me ask you something. They got him on trial right here. You see that, don't you? The high priest is up there and say, what do y'all got to say? Well, he's a blasphemer. He's not the son of God. He's a, he's a, he's a, he's a, um, uh, what's the word? Imposter. It's not who he is. And among the crowd, may I remind you who's there? Y'all with me? Peter. Now, if you go to court, there's a lawyer going to get up. They're going to put somebody in a seat and they're going to blast them. They're going to tell everything in the world that they are accused of and why they should suffer death, suffer jail time. 
They're going to say their part and they're going to sit down. And then you know what happens? Another attorney rises. Walks to the sand, says, Your Honor, can I say something? Yes. On behalf of my client, Mr. Richter, I would like to make a rebuttal to the accusations of what's been said. Guess who that should have been? Should have been Peter. Why didn't he say anything? He's coward. He's cold. You know what happens when you get cold? Become a coward. You're not going to take a stand. When you're coming on God, you're not going to stand. You're not going to stand for something. You're not going to stand against things. You're not going to speak up. You're not going to be that voice that needs to be heard in a lost and a dying and a hell-bent generation. You will go uh, into a coward when you get cold on God. He's a coward. How many times has the Spirit of God nudged you to say something? somebody at work that you didn't. Why didn't you? Let's just be honest. You were a little bit of coward that day. Come on now. Something in there. Putting distance from you and the Lord. Listen, when God, when you're right with God and you're in fellowship with Him, you don't think two times. You, I mean, you're witnessing everybody. You can't go through Taco Bell. You order, a, you order a super fiery chalupa and, you, and they get to it and say, I'm going to tell you something, if you think this thing's hot, hell, it's a whole lot hotter, honey. You with me? I mean, you're looking for opportunities. You're looking for an opportunity to say something for Jesus. But when you're cold, you're looking for a way out. Coward. Not only we see his condition, not only do we find that his company changed, we see his cowardness, but then I want you to notice his countenance. Look at verse 66. I'm hurrying quickly. I'm about done. <coughs> sure wished I could have preached a little better, but it's all I got. Look at verse 66. The Bible said, Miss Peter was beneath in the palace. There cometh one of the maids of the high priest. When she saw Peter warming himself, she looked upon him and said, and thou also was with Jesus of Nazareth. Now, he's standing by the fire. He's a cold Christian. But as soon as this lady sees him, his countenance tells on him. He's a, he's a Christian, but he's cold. Y'all help me. Come on. He's cold. His countenance. Listen, you can try until the day you die to fit in with this world, but as long as you're a Christian, you ain't never going to fit you ain't never going to fit. You'll fool them for a little while and then they're going to see, man, something a little different. He won't go to the extreme. She won't go all out. There's a stopping point. That God's going to say, hey, neighbor, that's enough. You with me? He's standing by the fire. I bet they're all giggling and laughing. They're fixing to see the Lord crucified. That's all they want. He's over there with them. His company's changed. His head's bowed. That maid come down. She looked over there. She said, hey, you want his countenance. You're cold, your countenance will tell on you. Yeah. When you're cold, your countenance will tell on you. 
When everybody else is rejoicing, you're not, it's, it's not because they got some special treatment. You can't rejoice because there's something wrong. When everybody else is eating the preaching up and you're not. It ain't, it ain't because it just ain't your day. Well, I've been taught, I know, son, and I will ask you. You've been around here long enough. I will ask you, hey, you are. Why am I doing that? Because I see something ain't all right. It's one of them deals. And you know, just like a wife. You all right, honey? Yeah, I'm fine. Boom! Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Short, yeah. Everything okay, honey? Yep. Yep. You give her about a five-minute break, you sure everything's all right? I done said, yeah. It's obvious to me everything's not all right. Yeah, thanks. You with me? You think you're hiding it, but you ain't. And even if you are manipulating all of us, he sees it all. I'm preaching. I know y'all think, man, wow, this guy, he's awful tonight. I'm doing the best I can do to tell you my head's about to burst. But listen to them tell you your countenance will tell on you. Tell them. Tell them. Don't be a cold Christian. I'm about done. Number one, we see his condition. Number two, we looked at his uh, company. Number three, his cowardness. Number four, his countenance. Then look at number five, his compromise. His compromise. You know what you do when you're not willing to adapt to the things of God? You conform to the things of the world. Compromise. Look at verse 68. This woman just sees him there in verse 66. Says, hey, you're one of his. Verse 68, but he denied. Uh-oh. He got a warning about that. Somebody told him. Before the cock crows. You're going to deny me. Not me, Lord. Not me. He denied saying, I know not, neither understand I what thou sayest. And he went out into the porch. And if they'd have had him, he'd have got him a Paul Mall 100 out right then. Because his nerves are shot. And the cock crew. Verse 69. And the maid saw him again. She's already confronted him at the fire. He went outside. He said, I'm getting out of this place. The maid saw him again and began to say to them that stood by, this is one of them. Now the heat's really turned up. First time she approached him about him being one of Jesus' disciples. Now she said, hey, y'all, that fellow we're trying to kill, that's one of his. Verse 70, he denied it again. That's the second time. And a little after, they that stood by said again, this is the third time, to Peter, surely thou art one of them, for thou art a Galilean, and thy speech agreeeth thereto. They said, you got something on you, the way you're talking, the area you come from, that Jesus from Galilee, you're a Galilean, and you've got the countenance, you look like his, you smell like his, you act like his, you might be standing around the fire with us, but you ain't the same. He wasn't, he's a cold Christian. So what did he do as a cold Christian? He compromised. So they said in verse 70, your speech agrees with us, verse 71, but he, he began to curse and swear. <laughs> Come on, somebody. Amen. 
And then look what he says. I know not this man of whom ye speak. And the second time. <clears throat> the cock crew. And Peter called to mind the word that Jesus said unto him before the cock crow twice. Thou shalt deny me thrice. When he thought thereon he wept. The compromise. Verse 72, the conviction. When he thought about what Jesus said. You want to know what's going to convict you? I'm done right here. Thank the Lord, right? Cold Christianity. You want to know what's going to get you? If anything's going to get you, what broke his heart and brought him to repentance, that's what Jesus had said. Amen. Right? Why do we make such an effort to preach? Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday. Why do I go to the extreme to try to give you what this Bible says? Because this, folks, listen to me. This is the only difference maker. The only thing that's going to get you out of your cold state of Christianity is conviction. And conviction only comes through the Word of God. What convicted him? What Jesus told him. It was the Word of God. Peter said he remembered how many of y'all has been out seeing out in the world trying to live like a like a crooked criminal lost man or lost woman? What that you wasn't saved? You was a Christian, but you was cold. And why when you put that bottle to your lips, you recalled what he said. Yeah, Come on, somebody. Happen just for a few minutes and I'll be done. How many of y'all when you was fixing to make a bad decision and look at something or watch something or listen to something, you shouldn't right before you was fixing to do it. The word of God rang in your heart and in your mind. And convicted you. With it, it brought him to conviction. It was the word of God. It was the things that Jesus had said. It brought the cold Christian to conviction. Lastly, I'm, I preached it this morning, so I'm not going to preach it tonight. How's this thing end? I do want to read it, though. Y'all got seven minutes? You got seven minutes? Okay. Go with me to the book of John, chapter 21. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. I preached it this morning. We're going to read it and see exactly what took place. John 21. Say amen. The Bible said, After these things, Jesus showed himself again. This is after the crucifixion and so uh, and so on. He showed himself again to the disciples at the Sea of Tiberias, and on the wise, this wise showed uh, he himself. And there were together Simon, Peter, and Thomas, called Didymus, and Nathaniel of Canaan, Galilee, and the sons of Zebedee, and the two other of his disciples. Simon Peter saith unto them, I go a fishing. They say unto him, We also go with thee. They went forth and entered into a ship immediately, and that night they caught nothing. But when the morning was now come, Jesus stood on the shore, but the disciples knew not that it was Jesus. Then Jesus, Jesus uh, saith unto them, Children, have you any meat? They answered him, No. And he said unto them, Cast the net on the right side of the ship, and ye shall find. They cast therefore, and now they were not able to draw it for the multitude of fishes. Therefore that disciple whom Jesus loved saith unto Peter, It is the Lord. They didn't know who it was, but old John the Beloved did. He said, Hey, Peter, get your clothes on, knucklehead. That's the Lord. Now when Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he girded his fisher's coat unto him, for he was naked. 
and did cast himself in the sea. The other disciples came in a little in a little ship, for they were not far from land, but as it were two hundred cubits dragging the net with fishes. And as soon as they were come to the land, look here, look here. This is the first time Peter has saw Jesus since he was at the last fire, right here. Because after that fire, when he denied him three times, he went to the cross and died. Bible says in verse 9, as soon as they were come to land, they saw a fire of coals there, and fish laid thereon and bread. Jesus saith unto them, Bring of the fish which ye have caught, have now caught. Look who look who it is. Out of all the disciples who's highlighted, it's Simon Peter. Simon Peter went up and drew the net to the land full of great fishes and hungered a uh, hundred and fifty and three. For all there were so many, yet was not the net broken. Jesus saith unto them, look here, this was the invitation this morning, come and dine. None of the disciples durst ask him, Who art thou? Knowing that it was the Lord Jesus then cometh and taketh bread and giveth him and fish likewise. Now this is the third time that Jesus showed himself to his disciples after that he was risen from the dead. We understand that. He did go back. Mary, Mary Magdalene ran told him he entered into the room once Thomas wasn't there. So on and so forth. But uh, look at verse 15. So when they had dined... Jesus saith who? Who's he, who's he highlighting? Saith unto Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me more than these? He saith unto him, Yea, Lord, thou knowest I love thee. He said unto him, Feed my lambs. He saith unto him again the second time, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? He saith unto him, Yea, Lord, I, thou knowest I love thee. And he said unto him, Feed my sheep. He saith unto him the third time, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? Peter was grieved because he said unto him, the third time lovest thou me. And he said unto him, Lord, thou knowest all things. Thou knowest that I love thee. Jesus saith unto him, Feed my sheep. Verily, verily, I say unto thee, When thou wast young, thou girdest thyself, and walkest whither thou wouldest. But when thou shalt be old, thou shalt stretch forth thy hands, and another shall gird thee, and carry thee whither thou wouldest not. This he spake, signifying by what death he should glorify God. And when he had... Uh, spoken this, he saith unto him, Follow me. Then Peter turning about, seeth the disciple whom Jesus loved, following, which also leaned on his breast at supper, and said, Lord, which is he that betrayeth thee? Peter, seeing him, saith to Jesus, Lord, and what shall this man do? Jesus saith unto him, If I will that he tarry till I come, what is that to thee? Follow thou me. Now, he's made things right. God's let him redeem himself three times. Okay, He's denied him three times out of fire. It was a fire of denial. This time it's a fire of, of dining and dinner. It was, it was a denial of the flesh. The fire was before Calvary, after Calvary. It's a, it's a fire of fellowship. God's letting him come back in, come and dine, come and dine. And he said, do you love me? Yeah, I love you. Do you love me? Yeah, I love you. Do you love me? Yeah, I love you. Okay, follow me. What's Peter do? He can't get five steps taken. Peter said, hey, I need to talk to you about something. What's, what, what's John going to end up doing? What did Jesus tell him? He said, Peter, if I will that he tarry till I come, what is that to thee? Follow thou me. Then went this saying abroad among the brethren that the disciples should not die. Yet Jesus said not unto him, he shall not die. See how that goes, don't you? Jesus used an example. What, what's, so what's going on? What's, what kind of ministry is John the Beloved getting? Peter! It don't matter if he lives until I come again. What's it to you? 
Peter takes that and goes, tells everybody, John ain't dying. He's lived till Jesus comes. It's exactly what happened. It's exactly what happened. <laughs> because in verse 23, this is the saying, this, and, and then went this saying abroad among the brethren that the disciples should not die. Yet Jesus said, not unto me shall not die. But if I will that he take till I come, what is that to thee? You see what he's saying? This is the disciple which testified to these things and wrote these things. And we know that his testimony is true. And there are also other many, excuse me, also many other things which Jesus did, the which if they should be written, everyone I suppose that even the world itself could not contain the books, but should be written. Amen. I'm ending with this. I told you seven minutes. I've got ten seconds. Eight. This thing ends with communion. What's the answer for cold Christianity? 